Last time, we talked about one of the biggest lies you'll ever be told in church, that you're broken, unworthy. And we talked about self-love being one of the biggest sources of resilience that you have. But much of religious teaching tries to tell you that self-love is false teaching. Wrong. Self-love is so powerful, so important to everything in life. And the lack of self-love is so dangerous and deadly that we need to go deeper into this so we can all understand it more, love ourselves more with joy and have freedom. Remember, with a tribute to BTS, you can't stop me loving myself. There you go. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. So glad you're with us today. Welcome. My name is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi. Hi. Don't forget to connect with us at freedhearts.org. Please do share and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And uh, again, please do give us five stars on whatever uh, podcast host, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. It really, really helps. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Okay, let's keep talking about loving ourselves because you can't stop me. Loving myself. Loving myself. That's right. Uh, Or loving myself, not from. Wait, what is it? You can't stop me loving myself. Yay. Or we just listened again to it. You can't stop me loving myself. That's the other version. That's all you got? That's what I got. Do you have any verses? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's BTS, by the way. That's BTS. We We love love them around here. Okay. okay, so last time we talked about one of the biggest lies that you will ever be told in church and by way too much of Christianity and virtually all of the time in multiple ways and messages that you are broken, that you're unworthy. And we talked about how self-love being so good and so right and one of the biggest sources of resilience that you have, but despite its many incontrovertible benefits, much of mainstream religious teaching tries to tell you that self-love is a false teaching. What? Now, these are often the same people, religious leaders, that caused Jesus to turn over tables because he was angry at how they treated and oppressed and took advantage of people, are telling you not to love yourself. Uh, just that's just, You can't stop me loving myself. <laughs> are you going to do this the whole time? <laughs> right, sorry. It's possible. We need this remix in here. This, uh, <laughs> so if, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, please go ahead and do that. It's, it's worth a listen. And we want to continue that. This is so important, so important that we want to go even deeper into this. So yes. let's do this. All right. Let's go. So why do they insist on teaching that self-love is bad? Come on, pastor. You want to know why I love myself? I want to know why the people in your congregation don't. (laughs) Seriously, why? And why God's love seems so conditional. The Bible you teach from says, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Why don't you teach that every Sunday? You have the greatest natural medicine to heal wounded people. And you're saying, no, we can't take that self-love. No, we can't do that. Why? It's hard to have a joyful heart when you've been split in two, told that you need to love everybody, though it's really conditional approval, but you can't love yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's bad. It makes no sense, Pastor. So while you sort that out, we're going to dive deep into the risk to your physical, 
safety, and well-being that without sufficient self-love, you are vulnerable to predators and those who would hurt you. And Well, that would be predators. And I hope through this that you will embrace self-love and to help those you love to love themselves too. And I mean to love them. They deserve to love themselves too. It serves them well. So last time we talked about how your lack of self-love, you in the general sense, lack of self-love sets you up to be vulnerable to predators because you're essentially outsourcing your sense of self-worth. So before we get directly into that, let's talk about the danger of insufficient self-love in addition to the enormous costs we already talked about to your health and well-being. But the physical danger you're in when you don't have self-love. Yeah, there's physical danger here. People who lack self-love are at high risk for not recognizing danger, not protecting themselves, and being in a position to be hurt by others. So some years back, when we went to an evangelical church, I had a couple of counseling sessions with a pastor. And it was... Rob, when you and I were having a rough time, I was getting counsel from this counseling pastor, right? Who you would have thought at the time would be trustworthy. (laughs) You know, I was talking about our marriage, which is a real trust if you think about that, to talk about my marriage to this pastor. And he, in that session, he said, you're a beautiful woman, Susan. Now, as I just say it here, uh, I I feel demoralized. (laughs) It's, you know, because you want to scream, get out, get out now. And yes, it felt odd to me. But listen to the context, because I was talking about our marriage and how I felt, et cetera. And it was arguably related to what I was saying. Yes, it was creepy and inappropriate, no doubt, especially looking back. But for women who have been there, whose radar has been dulled by the false teaching of respect, disproportionate respect for male pastors. Mm. We're conditioned to trust him even then because we've been we've been taught not to trust ourselves. <laughs> How convenient for them. Yeah. Do you do you, you hear what I'm saying here? This is really deep. And so do you you just say to yourself, well, he's encouraging me because of what I'm talking about, my value in the marriage, etc. We justify it or reason it away instead of seeing it as creepy and totally inappropriate, yeah. right? And if you're a man, you're probably thinking, well, that's totally inappropriate. Yeah, it is. It is creepy. Yeah, yeah. That's an abuse. We can, we can see. I can see right through that. Right, yeah. right. It, you know, it's an abuse of power. Yeah. And yes, you're right. Yes, it is. This man should not be evaluating me or my marriage, my value in the marriage or my looks or any of that. That's, that's not part of his job. And, you know, it's as if my marriage is depending on my looks anyway, being sufficient. It's, that's just crazy patriarchal, um, you know, and creep city and totally out of line. But men listening, please, please hear me on this. You may not appreciate that women are taught not to love ourselves, to deny our own perceptions and our own truth, and to put others perceptions and truth above their own. And so because of this conditioning, we do not trust our inner guidance. Mm. Yeah, that outsource 
we are taught to outsource our inner guidance to the man in front of us. You know, we've been taught to do that. The pastor, the priest, the father, the husband in front of us. We've been taught to reverence them mm. over ourselves. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's inevitable. And wow. I think every woman listening, at least if you've been involved in church, you know what I'm talking about. So let me just give a context here historically that women had to get a man to co-sign for a loan up until 1974. Oh my gosh, 20 years, I mean, I mean, 50 years ago. 50 years wow. ago, women had to get a man to co-sign for a loan. So this is not an outrageous thing to understand. It's not hard to understand that women have been deeply, deeply conditioned when you look into that, um, into this position of reverence mm-hmm. of the pastor and the man. Unquestioned reverence. Yes. Well, so in, in that moment, in, the counseling, this, session, in yeah. the counseling session with the pastor, in that moment, I went on with what I was saying because I was saying something and looking back, I recall in that moment feeling this sense in my gut of just keep going, Susan. Don't answer that. Don't answer his comment. So that's what I did. That was spirit telling me to keep going. I didn't really know this man, but I knew the voice of spirit. Mm. So a few years after that, I learned that he had been having affairs with various (laughs) women that he counseled. Well, of course he had, I can say now looking back. That was his MO. He would tell a woman he, she's beautiful. And if she's taken with that, if she demurs with, oh, do you think so? Am I really? Then it's only a matter of time. That is certain. But if they blow right by it, which is what Spirit told me to do and what I did, then they won't pursue it because he's looking for that opening. That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Here. Oh, you know what? I'm a, I got to throw that yeah. in there. In a, I, I, and that was a very serious moment. Hated to do that, but it's like, yeah, that's what she said. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, but she has to have enough in her to override that conditioning that tells her to ignore her instinct and to trust that male authority. Remember, these churches teach us that we can't hear, we can't even trust ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit because of that diabolical lie that our heart is untrustworthy, uh, which is a bad false interpretation. So do you see how it's all interwoven? Yeah. I mean, you must have the wherewithal to, to bypass all the conditioning that started at birth for yes. women, for people of color, for LGBTQ people, yes. that you can't trust yourself. You can't trust yourself. You can't trust your heart. So you have to outsource. You can't listen to the spirit. So you have to outsource your guidance system. Yes. There's nothing more dangerous than that. Yeah. And let me tell you here, Self-love is the remedy, not the problem. That's right. We've been starved of our most important resources of trusting our brain, our heart, our spirit, our gut, our cupboards have been emptied out, all our resources removed from the shelf. So, of course, we're starving for validation from somewhere. Someone comes to the door with validation, we let them in. We take what they offer. And then people wonder, she could have been so foolish as to trust him. Well, she was set up for it from birth. That's right. Now, nothing happened with the pastor. Yes, thankfully, that's true. And I want to say that there's, you know, I want to say that there's no way I would have had an affair, just no way. And I believe that even though you and I were going through a difficult time. Mm -hmm. But this does happen. And I feel sure 
there are women listening who don't know how in the world they got into the situation they mm. did with the man. Yeah. I'm thinking actually of a friend of mine who's pastor who was counseling her, groomed her, and that's exactly what it is. It's grooming, groomed her into an affair, just as this the pastor was attempting to do with me. It is a process of grooming. And a casual observer might blame her, at least in part, and certainly her husband blamed her. But I don't think that's fair mm. because it's not the whole picture. It's not even the main picture. He was the pastor in the position of power. Yeah. And by the way, just a little side note here, all those warnings in the Bible yeah. about who can't have sex with whom yes. are to restrict people in power from having sex with people without power because it's coercive. It's non-consensual. That's right. All the clobber passages fall into this category. They're all about abuse of power. So this woman was going in good faith, doing what she was told to do to get some counseling from the pastor because men won't get counseling generally. They're conditioned not to need help ever, mm. not to admit a chink in their armor ever. So they want their wives to go. So she went and the pastor leveraged his power and position and her vulnerability. And of course, it caused a lot of damage to her, to her husband, to the marriage. And her husband said, you know, how could you have let this happen? How could you not see this? And I understand that because mm. he's not conditioned in this system that she was as a woman, you know, but that's the nature of that power dynamic. That's why it's an abuse of power. It's the nature of power that we give to these men to manage our spiritual lives our marriages, our parenting. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know, and and we let them tell us that you can't, we can't accept our child the way they are. Right. To reject our child if they're transgender. If anyone should really be watched with a magnifying glass, honestly, it's them. It's pastors, yes. But no, we let them scapegoat our kids and destroy our families, and they are not the ones who pay the price. We are. Yes. It's like going on a shopping spree with an authority person you trust and they convince you to buy all these things and you listen to them because they know and then you have this massive bill to pay. Then they just move on to the next person That's and we're right. stuck with the bill. Yeah, and I'm not kidding about this. This self-love, self-trust, listening to your gut, trusting your deep heart. These are your protective gear, your self-protective gear. To remove all of that is to remove a tortoise's shell and expect it to thrive. It's not going to thrive. And to take this a step deeper, I remember listening to a man on the radio who had manipulated young teens into sex slavery. Horrifying. And he said, when I go to the mall, I see a young girl. All I have to say is, you're pretty. If she looks down and says, you think so? Mm. I know she's going home with me. If she doesn't, she's not. It's that simple. Wow. You know, and... I mean, that's, that's horrifying. horrifying. And unfortunately, it makes complete sense. Yeah. Because if her cupboards are empty and this guy is offering to put some things in there, she'll take them. Right. She'll let him in. It's the same story. You know what I mean? Do you see that? Yes, yes. We, we need to be teaching our children, our partners, ourselves, women, LGBTQ, that they have all they need, that they are all they need, that they are love-worthy as they are. Yes, I mean, you're going to not build them up because you think that'll make them vain? No. By not building them up, you're really 
you're literally making them vulnerable to anyone who will tell them mm. what you wouldn't, you, the church. It could literally be a matter of life or death. It is, yes. Yeah. And this lie about you being a lowly worm who's lucky God doesn't smash you to smithereens, what? that's the worst load of BS ever. And it's a great way for religious leaders to keep their hand in, to interfere between you and God. God does not need them for you. You can be direct with God. And if they're not going to give you the message Jesus told them to give, to love like their lives dependent on it, then they need to step out of the game. Yeah, you know what? And it's the key, but it's the key to most everything with their narrative. It's their only defense yes. to malign you, to shame you, to make you feel unworthy, and then tell you, and then tell you self-love as a false teaching is their only way to keep you off your game and keep you dependent on them. That's right. That's exactly right. If you have no resilience, if you have no legs to stand on as a human being in your own humanity, mm. then you're much more, much more vulnerable to being told what to do by those in power around you. Mm. If you're powerless, you hand over your power to the powerful. And there are always plenty of people happy to scoop up your power and you along with it to keep you vulnerable and dependent. Wow, yeah. To take away someone's birthright of self-love is very effective to completely disempower people. That's right. That's exactly right. In the same way, when pastors and religious leaders tell you that love, that self-love is a false teaching, they're attacking you. They're maligning your own testimony about yourself, your own truth-telling about yourself. They're casting doubt on your own sense of reality. They're gaslighting you because it's the only option they have to maintain power. They have to undermine your resilience to keep you dependent on them, which is what they want. Not all religious leaders, of course, mm -hmm. only the ones who teach that self-love is a false teaching and so seek to undermine your resilience. Mm -hmm. It's the only def defense you have to maintain your compliance, to maintain your power, your position, your income. If you gain your own resilience and stand on your own two feet with confidence and self-love, you might not take everything they say at face value. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah. say, hmm, that doesn't sound right. You might not let them run your lives. Jeez, you might even decide to go to the lake on Sunday morning instead of church. Hmm. Or that you really don't need to go to church anymore. And then what happens to their money and their power and their institution? So... That's that origin story yeah. right there. Yeah. Now, not to belabor the point, but I have a great quote <laughs> here from C.S. Lewis. You know, Christians love to quote him, and I've never heard them quote this, <laughs> though. He said, of all bad men, religious bad men are the worst. <laughs> Isn't that Yeah, you don't hear amazing. that much. And another of all one I, bad men, religious bad men are the worst. Another one I heard recently said, of all the hate, Christian hate is the worst. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah. There. It's true. I mean, this extreme abuse of power, the extortion, the hubris, all the things Jesus called religious leaders out for, and the only ones he called them out for, that he, that he called out for this. But there's one aspect of bad religion that may be the worst of all, and that's to separate people from their peace wow. with God and their peace with themselves. That's the worst kind of mm. theft. Now hear me now. 
The teaching that self-love is a false teaching is false teaching. Yes. So let's get this straight. God loves you. God loves you. The Bible says it in repetitive and creative ways. (laughs) We are to love God with everything in us and to love others as we love ourselves. It goes so far as to say that if you don't love others, you don't love God. Okay, so love is the answer for me towards others and others toward me, but love is forbidden for myself? That makes no, that makes zero logical sense. It's ludicrous. My love has to be part of the equation. Actually, my love for myself should be the core of the equation. It starts there. Yeah. And if if you're thinking, no, love God first. I can't, I honestly can't love God if I don't love myself. Yes, that's right. You are the image of God. You're the hologram. Right. How can I hate God? God's image and then say that I love God? Exactly. The greatest command is to love God and love others. And how we love God is to love others. That's what you do. You know, that's what Jesus meant when he said, what you do for the least of these, the least resources, least visible, least powerful, you do for me. Yeah, if you say you love God, but you don't love your siblings, then you don't love God and you're a liar. That's what it says. But somehow we find our love for ourselves is left out of the equation. That's right makes zero sense. And so, Mm. take a look at what it would look like if I were to love God and love others as I love myself, if I don't love myself. (laughs) For most of that, that would mean that I would be swift to contempt. (laughs) I would say, you stupid idiot, why did you do that thing? You did all, you do that all the time, right? That's how many of us speak to ourselves. And so, if we're to love others as we love ourselves, there you are. Yeah. But I think we know that's not what the Bible means by that. If we don't love ourselves, we cannot really love others. Period. Full stop. We don't know what love is if we don't love ourselves. We're told to be like little children, to come to God as little children. And children love themselves. Yeah. They, do. The, they do. They until do. Until the world gets hold of them and tells them there's no warning. You know, there's a warning from Jesus <laughs> of this false teaching. And that love is a false teaching. It's ridiculous. It's a horrifying notion. So why would religious leaders teach such a thing? Why would they say that self-love is a false teaching? Just to say it again, the teaching that self-love is a false teaching is false teaching. Okay? Right. To lack self-love is to let other people tell you who you are. The religious authorities who tell you it's a false teaching to love yourself want to tell you who you are. If they tell you who you are and are in control of your worth, you submit to them. You will follow them. You will depend on them. As Brene Brown says, you don't have to negotiate for who you are. Do not let others tell you who you are. Yeah. And I I think the better approach is to find equilibrium. Just as the ocean always finds its sea level anywhere worldwide, the ocean is at sea level. That's the definition. (laughs) You want that equilibrium within your inner and outer world Mm. to be at peace within and at peace without, to love within and to love without. It's authentic to who we are. Yeah, you're finding that equilibrium in like not being too self-focused. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like love within, love without, that that balance. Yeah, and I'm not even calling out a too much self-love. I, 
I'm calling out the opposite. It's not like you I can see. love others yeah. and love God, but have this vacuum, this dry vacuum inside while the other is a level mm. ocean. Yeah. It's going to be sea level. If you love yeah. yourself, you're going to love others. If you love others, you're going to yeah. love yourself when it's true yeah. love. And that sounds really like your point from, from the woman forgiven for adultery when that's you tell right. that story. Yeah, that's right. And the final part that we skip over all that all that story holds. I'll, I'll tell you another time if that's if it's one you don't know. But at the end, we say, well, he says, go and sin no more. <sighs> he was not saying that. That's not even the context. He just forgave her. He just said there's no condemnation. He chased away all her con- condemners to say whoever has no sin, you cast the first stone. Well, they were at least smart enough to drop their stones and walk away. But that's the context is now not like, okay, now you get back under the law at all. He was saying, go and don't live under the thumb of men like this who will set you up and then deliver you to me to be killed. That Don't follow people like that. You deserve better than that, beloved. Right, and that, It's the same thing we say to you that's right. and to our children. Don't um, take hate as love. Excuse me, Rob. No, that's all right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that the message on, on Sunday morning is often exactly the opposite of that, is behavior focused, is shaming and finger pointing and finger wagging. Hear me now. It says volumes about those who are teaching us this and the system that works over time to maintain that message. They have lost their center. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Okay. Well, it. If everyone's just loving themselves, who will do the hard work to fix the broken pieces? Who will make the world a better place? That's a great question. One I've dealt with myself and, and you know, that we get a lot, but it misunderstands self-love. Self-love overflows to loving other yes, people. Yes, self-love never stops with self. Yeah. It can't. It can't. You're one of the tribe, the human tribe. When you right. love yourself, you see that. Self-love, as you said, overflows naturally to loving other people. Yeah, there's no other possibility. And when you tap into true love, you can't contain all the love that's inside of you. When you tap into your own true love for yourself, you can't contain all the love that you have inside. When you come to understand that you are loved and you are loved because God is love, God can't help loving you, and you're created in God's image, so you are loved too then you will be love to the world around you. Do you see what I mean? Do you really hear that? And to feel bad because people are hurting does not help them. You and I know this to be true. We've wrestled with this. I know I have especially to, you know, I hate to see people around me hurting. God, can't we give everybody a livable income, give them community to belong to and let people be who they were meant to be? That is my deepest wish. I've often said, I wish I had Luna Lovegood's wand so I could fix things. That's what I want, but I can't. But the best thing I can do instead is to channel Luna's self-love and self-acceptance, which are really the same thing, and let that overflow to those around me, which naturally, well, there's too much to contain in me when I really get it. And it will overflow. And I often say that sometimes the very best, most impactful thing you can do, I'll have some people, especially maybe some fam- some close family members or chosen family members come and say, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm just, the, the problem is too big. And I'll often say that, that the best, most... Uh, out in the world, they mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, in the world. Yes, that's right. 
And I'll say the best, most impactful thing you can do, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed by the size and scope of the pain and problems out there in the world, is to love the next person you encounter. Beloved, that is not small and it is not insignificant. Be the love to the next person on your path. And when it all feels difficult and we feel defeated, one of the most effective things to do is ask yourself, where am I not loving myself? It really starts right it there. It really does. It really does. When the cancer journey came, I, I had to face where I wasn't loving myself. And to be the fullest me that I can be, that I came on earth to be, it must include self-love. Of course, it couldn't not include it. I couldn't do the work I'm here to do and build the life I'm here to build if I didn't love myself. Anyone who did anything great loved themselves. Any good-hearted, awake person wants to help heal the world, and it starts with themselves. I must love myself without condition to be as much myself as I can be, to shine my light as brightly as I can. And you too. Do you think the reason you came to the world into this body at this time is so someone could tell you what to do? Do you think God, Spirit, put you on earth so you could let some religious leader tell you who you are? They don't know who you are. If they're telling you your worth is, you know, in a negative way, they don't know who you are. It's like taking my child to the priest mm. and saying, or the pastor and saying, can you tell me who this child's going to be? Hmm. Can you tell me what their purpose is in life? No. No. You as the parent have way more information and insight about that child than any priest or pastor or youth group leader or women's Bible study leader or church member who makes casseroles. And you love that child much more than they do. And if they have a word of wisdom of something they see positive in the child, you can take that in and hold it in escrow for later. But don't let them tell you negatives about your child's worth. Don't abandon that child, right? So what about you? Do you think you don't deserve to be abandoned either? You do not deserve to be abandoned. Please don't abandon you. Yeah, you talk about how, you know, parents know for children. And then as we grow and as we mature, we know. Yes. The Spirit leads us. The Spirit that will lead us in all truth leads yes. us. Our hearts, your heart is good. Yes. You can trust it and listen to it to lead you. And the messages that you get from that will be that will contain this idea, this truth that you are worthy, that you are loved. Don't settle don't don't accept don't be confused by any other messages that don't don't abandon yourself that way you do not deserve to be abandoned yes it doesn't serve you well to be abandoned yeah you deserve to be defended and loved well yes. and the first person to i make absolutely sure who loves you well is you okay and just in case you're distracted by that verse and you haven't heard us say this the verse that your heart is deceitfully wicked, a pox upon that false interpretation. It is, the word is, the heart is deep. Mm -hmm. Who can know it? Just, just, I didn't want anybody stuck on that. Yeah, no. Again, love, we, your, love, love yourself. Go ahead. We watch our grandbaby, our precious little six-month-old grandbaby. She is crazy about herself. 
She <laughs> yeah. loves herself and it is delightful. Does she it's not contagious. love her parents because yeah. she loves, heck no, she loves everybody that comes in her sphere. She's in love with herself yeah. and we're in love with her. Yeah. So it's got to start. It does start everything. That's why we spend two weeks on this, beloved, because everything starts with loving yourself and you deserve it. You deserve to love yourself unconditionally and lavishly. Yes. Okay. That's right. So just real quick here, we're going to take a break for the holidays here. This is our last episode for just a little bit. And we'll be back with you soon in this deconstruction zone where we, mm-hmm. again, bring clarity instead of confusion, freedom instead of fear, and hope for your heart. Because, beloved, the difference you will make in the world depends on your love for yourself because that will overflow into love for others. And hear me as we take this with you on this break with us. You are not broken. Loving yourself is exactly the right thing to do. You are love. You are beloved. And be the love to the next person who crosses your path. We love you. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by Hannah Cottrell our daughter the Grammy nominated Saint Sinner and you can find out more about her at heysaintsinner.com please share this subscribe and follow on your favorite platform and thanks for listening